Gary, Marty and me. My story of living with a double brain tumour diagnosis and how humour and positivity helped me to cope. In this episode, part six of my craniotomy diary series, I interview our daughters and discuss how my diagnosis affected them. This is a bit different from the normal podcast because I have a couple of guests actually, which are my daughters Charlotte and Rebecca who are going to chat a little bit about how the diagnosis affected them rather than just me ramble on about how how unfortunate I've been. So I'm going to get them to introduce themselves. So Rebecca? Hi, I'm Becky. I'm Stuart's eldest daughter. I'm 36. I live in Suffolk um, with my cat Zoe. And Charlotte. Hi, I'm Charlotte. I am uh, Stuart's evil middle child and I am 34 and I have two gorgeous twins Evie and Harvey Stuart's grandchildren um, and I live in Wellington New Zealand and this is one of the reasons we took the chance to do this because it's almost never the case that Charlotte and Rebecca are together so uh, and I'm not technical enough to set up an interview split across the globe even though I know you can do it so uh, first question I wanted to ask you guys is how much you knew about brain tumours before this happened to me. Beck? I didn't know a whole lot. Obviously, I knew they can be fatal. Um, and, I mean, I work in science, so I know a bit about cancer. But I, yeah, I guess I didn't, I didn't know specifically about brain tumours until, until this happened. Okay, what about you, Charlotte? Yeah, I was pretty much the same. Um, didn't know much at all. It's kind of one of those things you just don't know much about until it's happening to you or your family. So um had heard of people um, with family members with brain tumours before, but never really did any research or anything. So, yeah, didn't know a lot. So did either of you actually directly know anyone who had a brain tumour? Because I certainly didn't. I don't think so. Not directly, no. No. So I suppose this is almost a stupid question, but, you know, how did you feel when you found out about the diagnosis? Um, well, the first emotion was shock and you, could, you we can't... We told you in a restaurant, didn't you? Well, no, you told me before that. So, yeah, you can't, really, you can't really take it in at first. But I do remember that I was heading to meet you because we were going to a show in Leicester. I think we were going to see Riverdance. Yeah. Um, and I'd just arrived at my mother-in-law's house and mom decided actually you should tell me before we actually meet up. So you called me when she knew I was there safely and that I had support with me. Right. Um, so yeah, I just remember that phone call and it, mom started with the words, he's going to be fine, <laughs> but, um, and then said, he's got two brain tumours. And yeah, that just didn't really compute at first. Um, and then I, I remember I was just kind of numb until we actually met you at the restaurant later that day. And then I remember getting upset in the restaurant. It was the first time yeah, I, I got upset. Yeah. Um, but yeah, luckily for us and yeah, I guess you did this on purpose, but you and mum had known for a while about the diagnosis, but you decided to wait until you had a, a prognosis and knew more about it before you told us so that she was able to say it's going to be fine because we've been told at this point that they're both treatable so that that helped massively obviously but yeah I don't know how you 
sat on that information for weeks before you'd had your scans and things. And all, all the only scans you'd had were to tell you that you had two brain tumours, but then you, you guys went through not knowing whether they were even operable. Um, yeah. But yeah, so at least you knew that by the time you told us. But that, uh, that's what made our decision because we didn't, we didn't want to tell you when we didn't know because yeah. you'd have jumped to the same conclusions as us, which is always the worst case. Mm, yeah. So. How did you feel, Charlotte? Yeah, I was pretty... My phone call started pretty much the same as yours with, he's, he's going to be okay, but... Um, which obviously just instantly makes you feel sick because yeah. um, you know it's something bad. But yeah, I, I remember... I don't remember a lot because I have the worst memory in the world, but um, I remember, I think, I was just playing with the twins in our uh, in our living area and my husband Ryan was getting ready um, and... I think we probably were just doing our usual um, Skype call um, or FaceTime. And yeah, mum started the call off with that. Um, but yeah, similar to you, Becky, just sh absolute shock. I don't think I'd really kind of, I don't think it really sank in initially when you said the words. Um, and then, yeah, I think I cried while you were on the phone. Um, and I, I don't often cry, but... Um, it was just the thought of what that could have meant, even though you did, as Becky said, saved us um, those weeks of the complete unknown. Um, like you say, you always think the worst. Um, but it was just absolute fear. And I think for me, living in New Zealand, it's times like that where you realise just how far away you are. So instantly you think, I just need to give you a hug. And... I realise I'm all the way at the other side of the world and yeah, so it just makes it all feel very real. Um, but yeah, mainly shock and then kind of trying to process the information, I suppose. Yeah, and then yeah. over the next few weeks and months and you go through all the emotions because you think of all, every mm. case scenario and obviously, yeah, it's just the whole thing is just really upsetting and uh, yeah, a lot of anxiety around it. Yeah. Because I, I went and spoke to Dr. Google, as everybody does, of course, to try and find out more about it. So did you guys do any research or did you just wait for us to tell you what was happening? I can't remember if I did any research. I probably did once you told us that they were specifically a glioma and a meningioma. But I don't think I did too much because I knew that I would catastrophize and do that and go down the rabbit hole. Um, See, so yeah, I think I, I think I actually tried to do the opposite and not not look too much and just yeah, just wait for what the doctors have actually told us. Yeah, right, you should. Yeah, I'm the same. I didn't. I don't think I read much at all. Um, I just waited for you to let us know. And I think when you, when you had more information about the specific types of tumor that they were, I think Mum sent through like a little paragraph of a description of what it actually meant and I yeah that was enough for me just to be able to obviously talk through it with friends and let people know but yeah definitely try and stay away from google and the scary things that you can read on there um, yeah yeah because you you'll find some good ones and then every so often you find some awful one that you still can think relates to you, even though they've yeah. been told, at least I've been told, oh, no, you know, this will be fine, that'll be fine. So, you just never, you never know 100%, so. No, no. Yeah, because there's also, even though they were both operable, um, there's risk associated with the operations still. Mm. Yeah. Like a lot of risk. And 
not just okay even if you survive then there was risk of permanent damage as well and so there's there's so many different aspects yeah. and different things to worry about yeah i mean you were with mom becky which i was really pleased about obviously when i was having my operations for mm. you charlotte it must have been awful because you were asleep and it was you're on the other side of the planet yeah i wasn't doing uh i wasn't doing much sleeping um <laughs> but yeah so for us it was the middle of the night in new zealand and i knew obviously what time you were going in for the operation and um yeah definitely found it hard to go to sleep that night and i just needed to hear that phone call of he's awake he's fine um which i <clears throat> remember really really clearly and i just absolutely burst into tears um mum had recorded a little bit of the phone call because i think was it the first one you'd managed to speak on the phone once you woke up and no the first one was when mr shake rang and mum recorded uh, yeah it, yeah yeah so, and just yeah. hearing listening to that i was just yeah like couldn't believe it that it was over like and, the relief yeah yeah like it? absolute relief and the first time I was with, I was here with mum, but also Alex, our brother, was here as well. So actually during the day, um, me and Alex were like keeping each other um, distracted, like just, I don't know what we were doing, like watching stuff on TV and like chatting and staying quite calm that way. But yeah, poor mum was not <laughs> at all calm. Um, but we kept each other going. But the hard part as well is that they can't give you an exact time no. um they could say like oh, it could be three hours it could be five hours so then i mean you get you're okay for the first few hours you're like okay that's normal but then you start to think okay should it be taking this long should it be taking this long yeah. and the more hours it tick by the worse that gets and that was even worse the second time because i think we'd had even less information about mm. how long it should take yeah. and um there was some miscommunication about oh yeah this one should maybe only be about three hours and then it was it was five hours so we were a bit panicky that, that time but that's probably time. my fault but yes <laughs> but, five minutes. <laughs> yeah oh, how long is it take five minutes <laughs> but yeah so we uh that's something that I guess you have to just try and stay calm and realise that that's completely normal for it to... Yeah. It, even if they'd said four hours themselves, the doctors, like, again, you just don't know what's going to happen. It doesn't mean it's a serious complication, but things no, happen. Things they just, happen. yeah. I mean, with the first operation, of course, they got rid of everything, of Marty the Meningioma. So they took their time because they realised they got the chance to get rid of the lot. So mm. that was a good delay. Yeah. But, yeah. You know. but yeah, that, that moment when you hear the doctor's voice or yeah. whatever it is that rings you to tell you that and says that and they start with yep it all went well and he's fine yeah that is yeah the relief yeah. is yeah yeah so. i was fine apart from the explosive vomiting <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was the anesthetic so i mean it support family support was massive for me but also friend support and i think you guys had a lot of support from you oh mates, yeah yeah that really helped as well having and they offered it to me as well on Facebook and things like yeah. that. So having a lot of people around you that just there for you, yeah, and just listen and they just know what you're going through. Yeah. And you just yeah, feel that support from them. That yeah. helps a lot. Yeah. Oh, good. Um so I last question is really if, for me it certainly changed my approach to life because I just think there's no time like the present. I don't know whether it's had the same effect on you guys. But... Yeah, I mean we were already pretty stoic um, as a family <laughs> and actually into actual stoicism, which really, really helped. So it just, I mean, because that talks a lot about uh, living in the moment and uh, appreciating what you've got 
and you know not worrying about things that you can't control so yeah all of those things apply when you're trying to deal with something like this um so i guess it just hasn't changed too much it's just sort of um reinforced that um and yeah it just gives us something more to be grateful for and to uh just sort of another reminder that life is so short yeah so yeah so i do think about it day to day um in that in in terms of yeah being stoic about because well, i mean everything. as a family touching i'm touching wood when i say this we hadn't had many mm. health, big health issues between mum and i or anybody else really no apart from alex giving himself pneumonia twice <laughs> to my recollection <laughs> um i think so that's what i was trying to think it? of i was um yeah it just made makes reminds me how lucky we are yeah. because it could have been so much worse like the diagnosis could have been like that it was inoperable or something yeah. or something could have gone wrong or you could have been stuck with some of your symptoms which actually you weren't in the end which right. uh yeah so just lucky you feel really lucky actually. Yeah. yeah yeah we we joke and say for someone that had two brain tumors you you wouldn't really describe them as lucky but in under the circumstances yeah we're really lucky that they were operable and you are okay um (laughs) and yeah um it was kind of lucky having to in a way because actually it was the first one that meant the second one was discovered and that one might not have been discovered till it was too late because the way the symptoms were actually from the first one yeah so yeah that was in a weird way very weird i'm actually grateful to the meningioma bizarrely but yeah but yeah i think um yeah day to day i i think about it a lot and um i think i've done sort of i try and be mind do a bit of mindfulness day to day anyway um and everything's always so busy that you try and stop and just appreciate the the little things but yeah it definitely for me put things into perspective and made me realize what's important and um yeah even as far as as potentially thinking of moving back to the UK in the next few years because it just kind of makes you realize that actually yeah we, we all have to go sometime um and lucky for us you don't have to go soon but um you just never know what's around the corner so i think for me it just made me realize what's most important and that's family and yeah the kids having their grandpa yeah. or bampa as they call you um so yeah i think for me it probably did change things a little bit more um and i try i try not to take things for granted even now being in the uk and having you sitting in front of me you still can't really take it in so um it, it is a constant reminder to try and yeah just live in the moment and just not sweat the small stuff and um and i think yeah i i just felt so helpless being so far away and not being able to come to the hospital or like help you through your recovery be there to support becky alex and mum um so yeah the support of the the brain tumor charity as well and that community um and doing the 88k run um to raise money for the charity things like that were actually a really good support being so far away i still felt like i was contributing and doing something um rather than just sitting there useless because i could i couldn't easily get on a plane and come and be with you so um Yeah. yeah definitely just made me kind of consider some some things about 
uh, where yeah, living so far away, and um, and how much I appreciate you and oh, our family. Yeah. Well, you gave me some twinnies to focus on seeing as well, yeah. so that was a reason to be <laughs> determined. Yeah. To get through it. So brilliant. Okay. Well, I think um, that's great. And uh, thank you for talking to your father <laughs> on his <Welcome>. podcast. <laughs> Love you both. Love you. Uh, Love I'll, you. I'll leave you to enjoy your Easter eggs. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. By the way, like me, over 12,000 people each year in the UK and an estimated 300,000 worldwide suddenly discover that they have a brain tumour. And from the moment that they receive that news, their lives will never be the same again. This podcast has been created to try and raise funds for the Brain Tumour Charity, who've been a big support to my family and I. As well as offering support to individuals and families, they fund life-saving research in the hope of ending the harm done by brain tumours. If you can help in any way, big or small, please go to www.justgiving.com forward slash fundraising forward slash Stuart Hannah that's S-T-U-A-R-T dash H-A-N-N-A-H and make a donation. Thanks. <laughs>